It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Goodbye, University. Welcome, everyone, to our call where we get to pick Frank's brain. <laughs> Frank, that's what I call it on the calendar, pick Frank's brain. <laughs> I love that. I feel so honored. So so fun to be here every time. I love it. Well, thanks for coming again. For anyone who might be new to the conversations we're having here, I'm Jeanette, here with the fabulous Frankie B, a.k.a. Frank Butterfield, who channels the Communion of Light, also known as Paul, where... You guys could be found at communionoflight.com. Yeah, that's it. And you've been creating fabulous content for years now. Frank, i got to imagine your library is getting pretty extensive over there at the village. It's gigantic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At the last count, I think I have something over 200 um, individual workshops and series. Um, not all of them are available for download because some of them are private, but there's a lot. I, I don't even wow. know how many. It's We're now in like, if you listen to the back-to-back, we're now in the like weeks. <laughs> That's you know. cool. It is. I love, I love how consistently you've shown up for fellow creators to help guide them through what some people can. I mean, I think what we're dealing with here is a pretty simple process, but some of us have a way of making it kind of complicated but I myself find continued inspiration, even when I know I'm hearing the same thing and I, I'm not even learning anything new. Just the repetition of the material is so helpful for, for it to sink in deeper and to make it easier for me to practice. Well, I feel so, the same way because it seems like sometimes the, the words coming out of my mouth are the same ones over and over again. But But I notice just from where I'm sitting that it's always something different and it's never really the same question and it's never really mm-hmm. the same answer. And I was just talking about this, uh, this very topic this morning uh, during one of our morning calls about how these morning series that happen every single day um, and they're week-long events um, and they've been continuous. I took a break in 2015 for about seven months, six months. But uh, they've been continuous otherwise since the beginning of 2011. Hmm. And um, how they, every one of the series just keeps getting better and better. And every time I think, well, this can't really get any better. <laughs> There's no way. This is so amazing. And then, like, the next week, and it's like, oh, my God, this is actually even better. Oh, my gosh. That's one of my favorite things to experience in life, the even better, you know. And, that, and it's, it is amazing how often it keeps doing that, even when you think it doesn't get any better than this. It sure enough will. <laughs> That's so cool. So um, I want to invite everyone who is with us live today to feel free to chime in with any questions or any clarifications that you have in this discussion that we have. This isn't just Jeanette picking Frank's brain. We all get to play. So um, I'll say hello to – I know Guillaume is dialed in as well as Lise. I see Susan's here. Hi, Susan, and Brenda and a couple of guests in chat room. So – 
you guys know how it works with me. The best way to uh, get a word in is just to interrupt me, so feel free. And I'll keep an eye on chat room if anyone has anything there that you'd like to explore. But I got a lot of fun things I want to talk with you about, Frank. <laughs> in fact, the first thing I want to ask you about is just what are what are you paying attention to lately? What's got what's on your radar? What have you been playing with? Well, I've been um, well. There's several things, but kind of the one that immediately pops into mind is this whole other thing that I've started doing this year, which is writing fiction. <laughs> and um, uh, I just finished the first draft of the fifth book um, that I've been working on. And I just started this in June, and I just am kind of amazed at how fast this has gone. Um, Me too. And I'm also like, but, you know, what's interesting is there's a very metaphysical basis to what's going on, not the story. The story is, is fun to me. It's a really fun story. There's some difficult parts. There's some really funny, hilarious, kind of twisted parts. But the process of bringing the, the books forth is very – I've been training for this all my life. It's the way I feel. Mm. Like I can self-publish a book, you know, literally. I mean, I showed that I could do it back in June – which I wasn't really trying to prove anything to myself, but I just wanted to see if I could do it, and I did. I self-published a book in five days. And That's it was like, impressive. well, it, you know, it, it is, it's sort of impressive. It's that it also is like an overnight success after 25 years kind of thing. Like, I've, everything that I've done in my life actually has led to this point. And I know that, I know that, like, because I've said that about channeling, when I finally, finally decided to do channeling, just that's the way I was going to live my life that I thought, well, everything I've been doing in the past was to get me here, and that's the way I feel about these books. Mm. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, go ahead, sorry. You're embodying one of our themes this month at Good Vibe University is um, our ninja skill for July is letting things be easier. <laughs> and i got to say, self-publishing in five days, I cannot imagine it getting much easier than that. But like we just said, it just keeps getting even better. So you probably have it down to five hours here in no time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but it is interesting because I there was this, this kind of gone in phases where there was more like I would kind of ignore my um, how I was feeling because I had a goal, which, of course, I don't recommend. I don't think that's a really good idea for doing anything. But I did it, and I noticed kind of the wear and tear that it had on me. So that was really that was really useful because I don't do that at all in anything else that I do. Did so I, I did just that. hear you say that having a goal isn't a good idea for anything? A goal where you ignore how you feel about what you're doing because the goal is more important than how you feel. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. And that's what I was doing. I was like, I the weekend. After Memorial Day, I decided I was going to write this book. Or maybe it was Memorial Day weekend. Yes, it was. That's what it was. Because the book went live on June 1st, and that was a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Wednesday. And um, it was Friday when I first sat down to write the first chapter. And I just kind of plowed through it. And I just plowed through it and plowed through it and plowed through it. What I'm now noticing is, like, for instance, the chair that I'm sitting in when I'm writing most of the time is – doing a real number on my legs. So I'm like easing my way into, okay, letting that be simpler. But it's because I was ignoring, like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, which is really good uphill movement, 
if that's what you're practicing, but I don't want to do that. So what I've begun to do is like really pay attention to, okay, I love this story and I love these characters and I really feel like I'm tapping into literally like I'm watching an alternate reality happen. And I'm just like taking notes and that's, and it's very simple. And that part I've got down really well. And that keeps getting easier. And then also like deciding, well, I don't have to sit in this chair. I can get another chair. So, you know, things like that, but easing my way into easing my way into things and not using ease as a principle, which is one of my big things that I'm also noticing to not take a principle that sounds like really good on paper and then make myself apply it. Even when I don't know how, or I don't know what it means, or I don't know even whether I can do it. So, so I don't know what's you, the alternate approach? If not engaging it as a principle, how do you just do um, one thing at a time? Just do one thing at a time. Because the, what I'm noticing is, and this is what I hear Paul talking about a lot, is that the principles are basically, I don't, know if, I don't know if I've talked about this or you've heard it, but they kind of set up this way of talking about how we live in our lives, where there's the illusion of a chaotic universe that we all pretty much buy into. It's what we're taught. Because the people who are teaching us believe it, and they're being very well-meaning, and they want us to do well, so they mm-hmm. scare us essentially into believing this is a terribly random chaotic universe and you need mm-hmm. to be prepared. And so they'll say things like, you know, and every parent has done some version of this. Mm-hmm. If you will sit down and shut up, I will feel better. And if you understand metaphysics, you understand the problem with that particular instruction. Right. Because the parent is predicating their feeling on what the child does, which doesn't work. And the child is then being taught that if they will alter their behavior, they get a better outcome, which also doesn't work. So there's this illusion of a chaotic universe, and, you know, everyone probably in this conversation, and I know all the people that I am really, really honored to get to work with, are walking out of that chaotic universe. And it's an illusion. It's, as Paul would say, the chaotic universe is an idea inside the real intentional universe, the one that actually exists. And it's just an idea, and we sort of dip our toes into it from time to time, but eventually we walk away from it. But the idea of having a guiding principle, a process, a thing that needs to be done, an instruction, a teaching, all of those things are chaotic universe tools because they're necessary. If you believe the world is random and you need to make order out of it, you're going to need a guiding principle. You're going to need some sort of instruction. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize that actually the universe is following your lead, it is literally an intentional universe and the intender is you, then you just get to decide in the next moment, where do you want to go and what do you want to feel and what thought do you want to think? And they're not really, that's not really a seesaw. They're, it's not like one is the alternative of the other. It's that we have all these differing thoughts that sort of sit with each other. And sometimes we go in this direction and sometimes we go in that direction. And as you know, you talk about this, you're the one who really taught this to me more than anybody else, is if you really just play, if it's a party, if you're just having fun, what ends up happening is you end up doing what feels better. You end up going in that direction and then all these things sort of magically fall out of the air mm-hmm. again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It's cool how that happens. And this might be a sidetrack, but what you said reminded me of a question I got from someone that I felt a little stumped on. And uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll just run it by you really quick here. Uh, she She's a, a savvy creator and a parent and has a child who is, 
of the perspective that many young kids are, that the world revolves around them and it's all about what they want. And as a savvy creator, she doesn't want to train them out of that expectation. At the same time, she expects a certain level of cooperation as they live together, you know, like doing some things around the house and not doing others. But uh, she was kind of conflicted about, you know, not wanting to pass on the same limitations that many of us picked up from our own parents, but still wanting someone who was willing to be a, uh, a pleasant, I don't know exactly how to put it, but someone who felt like they shouldn't have to do anything around the house that, every, you know, everyone there was there to, should be there to do it for them. I'm smiling because I have such admiration for a person who has that high a level of expectation that life should deliver to me. I mean, that's what I'm trying to train a lot of clients back into, that level of receiving skills. But uh, this parent was not finding it to be a particularly pleasant experience on her end. Well, you know, what I think is so fascinating about that question is, of course, it's, it's it, as you know, I mean, and it's, I'll just say it blatantly and everybody can get mad at me instead of getting mad at you. But it really, this really has nothing to do with the child and everything to do with the parent. Right. Because what, what the child is doing is showing up and saying, see, here's how you're still thinking that if you behave correctly, because what the child is, well, probably not intentionally at all, but is what the child is doing is pulling through the parent the idea of I can't really have what I want. I'm going to have to compromise <sighs> in order for him or her to have their freedom. Yeah. Well, and, that's a, and that's a plan, right? Like mm-hmm. you can plan that you're going to have to compromise, but if you're just doing one thing at a time and all you're really doing is paying attention to what feels better, this will all sort itself out. It, I mean, you know, as Abraham would say, the rockets, I would imagine that it smells like kerosene in that house big time because the rockets of desire have probably been launched. <laughs> they have been like Saturn V level rockets would be my guess. Well, so, and all I, all I could think was that I might be a really bad parent because I would totally let them, you know, if you don't feel like you need to do your laundry, let's see how that works out. <laughs> I say that. Maybe I'd be wrong. Maybe I really would be the one who stepped up and did the dishes and did the laundry and such and vacuumed a room. But Well, it, you know, it really comes down to what do you actually want? Do you want, you know, is it important to vacuum the floor? Or is it important to feel better? And can you have mm. both of them? Mm. That's a and, powerful question. Right. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you can think of all sorts of reasons why it's important to vacuum the floor and blah, 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 and why it's important to teach the child to take care of themselves. But, you know, I mean, this is, it, this is sort of what the basis of the Montessori school is, right, which was a Rudolf Steiner idea, right, where, like, you let children just kind of go where they want to go, and they actually will sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. If they're not if they're not guided, if they're just treated like adults or treated like actual beings of light would be a better word. Hmm. They will naturally evolve into where they want to go. They already know you know, whether they can articulate it or have any clue of it in a conscious sense, they already know everything that's going on. They got the picture the moment, you know, they got here. It's just how they're manifesting it. And, you know, the mother is getting a really, really excellent opportunity to be in alignment with herself and it probably is going to come down to her being willing to not like what is happening 
you know, I, I sometimes feel like um, I don't have a lot of credibility to speak to that because I, I, to say it is one thing, if I'm actually a parent practicing it, that feels like it would be another. And yet, I can relate to those sorts of challenges even with my dogs and cats, which I consider my family that I feel often responsible for because we're trained very much, especially in animal rescue, about the proper ways of being a proper guardian of our four-legged friends. And um, I have learned to break a lot of those rules. I'm still learning to have peace around breaking a lot of those rules, like the current one, letting cats outside. That's like a big no-no. It's one of the easiest ways to get rejected on an adoption application on any of our cats. And here I have, I have cats that I let in, I let outside. And uh, I've, I've got rescue friends who um, that they're not cool with that in any way, shape, or form. I'm highly trained that way myself, but I also feel like trying to control for what I don't want doesn't work. So trying to find that um, that place of peace and allowing, and not trying to control my external circumstances in order that for me to feel good, it I get continued practice with these guys on that one. Isn't that amazing? Um, I mean, yeah. I just think, I, I think these, you know, the relationships that you have with it, these animals is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much, you know, there's so much going on there. I mean, besides the obvious joy that you get from being with them mm-hmm. and, you know, bringing them into your space and and sharing that with them, I just think it's amazing. I've also felt amazing. And it's because it's, because it's not anything I could do at all. <laughs> and for all the parents listening, I get... There is a difference between letting a cat outside and raising a teenager. I totally get it, and I and I do not envy the challenges that um, parents face. Well, and it's funny too because when I first started doing this, and there would be people who had questions who were parents and they wanted to talk about raising their children, I would be like sweating, thinking, <laughs> like if you only knew how wrong a place you have come to talk about this. <laughs> like I have no clue, and I, you know. I have sat there and silently judged my mother and my sisters and my brother for their parenting and then thought, what the hell do I think this is my any of my business? Um, but I love what I, Paul say. I mean, I love the way they just look at this and they're like, why are, you, why are you trying to do something to this person that isn't really any of your business? And there have been lots of like, this is a three-year-old child. What do you mean it's not my business? And they're <laughs> saying like, it's not your business what they do. It's your business how you feel in their presence, which is very different. And, and, that, and if we mastered that business, I, I really believe we're home free on the whole project. Yeah, I agree. Because that is really what it comes down to. Speaking of what's our business, do you follow politics at all? <laughs> well, I could answer that question one of two ways. I could either say yes or I could say no, and they would both be true. <laughs> I know some people... They just refuse to pay any attention because none of it feels good, so they just have opted out. And I know others who who plug in just for the source of entertainment, and I know others, even savvy creators, who can get really wound up about it. And um, and I've been learning for my own self not to care what everyone else is doing. You know, not to have judgment about their routines, whatever. It's not my business what they're doing, and whoever's in office, it kind of feels like that's not even my business either. If, if I think that 
whoever is running our government really has any impact on how I experience life, that's an illusion worth dropping. That's my business. But um, I was curious whether you uh, are, whether you're plugged in at all. Uh, unfortunately, I am. Yes, uh, and I don't really like it. And the way that I'm basically looking at things right now is I'm looking at. I, I keep thinking of Seth, the Seth material when yeah. watching this election and also watching what just happened in the UK. Is it's like these are what Seth would call massive group. Gestalt moments, like yeah, very, very like collective, a shift in collective mind that's very powerful, and it's not very happy, but it's very powerful. And but it reminds me also to remember that what other, you know, what you're saying, what other people are doing, really doesn't have anything to do with me. And just because I don't like the way somebody talks or what they say or even the possibility that they could be, you know, that any, that this could happen or that could happen, that's not – I'm going to vote. There's you a are? Oh, yeah. I'll vote in August and I'll vote in November. There's a primary here in August. And um, I'll vote, and but nobody will know how I vote. Anybody who knows me will probably guess how I vote. Um <laughs> It'll involve lots of donkeys, shall we say. Um, <laughs> but the bottom line is, to me, is it isn't really any of my business. And my, I, I sometimes think that the only interest I have really is to watch people, because what I'm really interested in about the current way that politics is working is that it's highly democratic for the first time, you know, since Athens. Like, mm. this is... It's not democratic in nature, but it's the democracy of it is so intensely intense hmm. that everybody has something to say about it. And you yeah. know what everybody has something to say. And then you get like the chance to like decide, do I really want to pay attention to what everybody has to say? And my answer to that question is no. But when I do get pulled in, what I do begin to notice is, okay, what I'm really watching is I'm watching – a historical moment unfold. Mm. I don't like how it's unfolding, but I'm, that's what I'm watching. Mm. And then well, I then I go turn on my uh, then I go back to 1953, which actually, by the way, was a much worse period of time than now. And I, oh. it's one of the things I find very interesting about these books because of when they're based. 1953 was kind of the end of that's when that's when the whole thing of like women who'd gone into the workforce during the war, by this time, the idea that they should be at home and taking care of their husbands and children and not be involved in anything beyond that was firmly consolidated in American culture. And the more I read about what was going on, the more I'm like, oh, whatever's going on here, we are, there's so much freedom. Some of it's very messy and very chaotic, but mm -hmm. the conformity of that period of time even in a place like San Francisco, which is where all this, the writing that I'm doing takes place, mm -hmm. the conformity is just stifling. That's a and really good thing to point out, that even though we might feel like, you know, things going to hell in a handbasket here, that compared to other places and other times, this is actually still, there's a lot going right. Right. And part of the reason why we all think, it's like the whole thing of like the perception of crime versus the actual statistics of crime. Because 
the crime rate has never, it's been many, many years since the crime rate in the U.S. has been so low. Many years. But the perception is that it's everybody's just out shooting everybody else. But it's because, we talked about this before, right? It's like we have access to all this information. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how, because we're not familiar with having instant information about everything simultaneously, we don't know how to categorize it or filter it or say, oh, that's just part of this story. I don't like that this happened. I don't like what happened over here. But these things happen everywhere. And, and then there's the bigger metaphysics of like what's actually really going on, which is a kind of a difficult conversation. Like it's actually all happening through a screen, as far as I'm concerned, in my reality. Crime is something I find about, out about through a television or a computer. I don't have any experience of it. And then that, that gets into a bigger metaphysical question of like, well, what exactly is actually going on? Well, it's, I got this question too about, because I'm thinking about how that spiritual teaching that whatever could happen is happening on some level, you know, based on uh, infinite parallel realities. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about how it isn't a matter of who wins or what happens because it's all happening. It, I'm kind of curious as to your take on this. Actually, this was interesting because uh, right before I dialed in, I, I logged on to one of the places that I'm – one of the houses I've been looking at obtaining, and it – I had a bunch I had like seven house seven places favorited and there's one that I put an offer on last week and when I pulled it up today it now says that it's under contract and one of the other ones that I liked quite a bit and was thinking strongly about putting an offer on it's also under contract it was weird to see the one that I was been thinking of as mine under contract and I realized oh that's probably me that has that under contract but I wasn't entirely sure that it was cuz there is someone else bidding on it as well Anyway, I, I'm looking at all these at these, my, these seven places that I think any of them would be fabulous, and I realized, wait, I'm probably living in all of these. This isn't a matter of which one do I pick. It's I'm probably living in all of them in the, on some level, right? I mean, so I guess I'm mm-hmm. curious about your take on parallel realities and infinite worlds, and I just want to hear it from your words as to how you well, or if you... you well, we did a workshop on this back in 2010 mm. uh, before the village started. There was all the, and actually, what was so amazing is there's only there was I think it was three days, or I mean, we had three different meetings, and the recordings from two of them like disappeared. <laughs> um, oh my God. And the one the, the one that had the most like this is what's actually going on explanation is gone. So there's really wow. only I think there's like one recording out of three. Um, Come on. That's kind of but, funny. But, but I've done a lot of exploring on this topic, and I've gone to go visit, like, there was a house in Austin that I wanted to buy, and it was way, 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 way far out. It was a, like, this is going to have to fall out of the sky kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I went to go look at it, and it was beautiful, 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 beautiful. Well, <laughs> Um, so I went to go visit the me that bought the house. Ooh. This was about a year after I first went to see it. And I, it's so funny, the reaction I had to it. So mm-hmm. 
one of the things that this this place had was a uh, hot tub that was in the middle of the swimming pool on the side of a cliff overlooking a river and a big kind of like uh, green belt behind it. Okay. And so I get there and it's nighttime. It's like the same day, same time, but just, you know, different reality. And there I am sitting in the hot tub. And my first thought, in fact, I, I think in the, that experience, I said it out loud, like, you haven't lost any weight. <laughs> first thing I said, because I was looking at myself sitting in a hot tub thinking, I don't find this very attractive. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I'm not supposed to find me attractive. That's, uh. So anyway, so then I kind of like sit in the hot tub with me and we talk. And the me who was sitting there had a few things to say to me. Say more. It pissed me off. First thing he said was, you have got to stop being so, what's the word he used? I'm going to say he because I, I don't, right. I mean, it was me, but. It was the other he, you. Yeah, he was like, you've got to stop being so gentle or generous. I can't remember which word it was, but it was one of the two. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I immediately got the hair on, I was just like, no. And then, uh, then I, we talked some more. And, and, of course, talking isn't the right word. He knew I was coming. I mean, that was interesting. It was like conscious to conscious. It wasn't like I was sitting like, you know, like in Dora at Darren's office in Bewitched. It wasn't like I was sitting up on something and looking down. I was very much in it, which I think was also kind of interesting because he knew what I was doing. So we had this conversation and then like, and here's my boyfriend and here is the business and this is what we're doing and blah, 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 blah. And I began to watch, and I was like, this is like going back and being in a job. And I kind of sat there, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to be in a job. I don't want to have, like, all the time that I'm awake, working, 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 working. Because the two mm-hmm. of them, they were doing, they were doing, there was this guy, you've heard me talk about this before. Right. This guy, the boyfriend, was my Jerry. Mm-hmm. And he was really handsome. He was tall. <laughs> and you worked well together, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, and they just were like, they were like churning out the shit. They were just doing, they were working, 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 and making tons and tons of money, which is wonderful, but it's not something I wanted to do. Wow. And so I left, I, once we were kind of done, I left, and I was like, damn, <laughs> um, okay. Because all I had done is I had said, I want to find the, the person, the me that bought the house. And there he was. And it was mm-hmm. like this. It was all the things I had visualized, by the way. It just, the, the person that I had to become vibrationally, I didn't like. Mm. Because he was really like, he was talking to me like Paul talks to people. And I was like, okay, it's one thing for a ghost to kind of come in and be like, I don't give a shit. We're just going to say what it is, and this is the way it works. And then they come in, and then they're gone. But right. it's another thing to be in reality with somebody who is like, let me just tell you, here are your 14 different character defects that you need to work on. And I was like, I don't do that. That's not me. That's not the me that I'm becoming. So, yes, I'm absolutely positively, absolutely, absolutely, it's very clear to me that, yes, I mean, the way Paul says it is literally at every juncture where you're like, should I do this, should I do that, including do I turn left or do I turn right? There's a, person, there's a you that turns left and a you that turns right. And the way they've described it is it's not infinite. They were very clear about this in that workshop, and they've said it many times since. It's not infinite, but it's like the number of how many grains of sand are there at your favorite beach? Okay. 
a lot, many more, more than, than you're going to count. Yeah, more than you're going to count. And it's not infinite. And when you're done, the whole thing collapses. It all comes back together. The separated what does that parts mean? fall back in what, together. When you're it just done. Means that, well, when the personality that you are developing through all yeah. of these different avenues is when you're finished with that, then the whole system falls apart. It just collapses, which I now understand a lot better than I did when they first said it. Is that like a house of cards, you know, that you spend all this time building, and then when the game's oh. over, it goes back into the deck or something? Bingo. That's Yeah, exactly it. Because they, and they talk about this, you know, many more ways than just in this one area, about how, you know, we could about how the room you're sitting in, if you whatever you can see with your eyes and whatever you can hear with your ears, that's the only aspect of physical reality that are currently in physical manifested form because that's how efficient the universe is. You're not actually sitting on top of a planet. You're sitting on a chair that you think is sitting on a floor that you think is sitting on top that's of a planet. That's a trippy thought, but I get and, it. Yeah, and I could, like, if I went down to Cape Canaveral and got up on the rocket and went up to go see, I would see the planet, you know, mm-hmm. from a distance. But it would manifest for me in that way. But it wouldn't, but then when I no longer needed it, it would be gone. Hmm. They talk about this, and they talk about, like, when you go to sleep, like, you're really leaving and there's nothing here. And so they help people yeah. who are, like, having trouble with sleep, like, they think, you know, they're gritting their teeth, like, okay, just remember the gritting your teeth is like telling you you were asleep. So if you remember you're actually not there, you might actually be able to really, really loosen some of that. Because the only reason that it's coming, the only reason that's happening, for example, is because it's proving to you that you were asleep, which a lot of people really need. They really are, because a lot of people are really afraid to be asleep because they're afraid of what they're going to miss or they're going to afraid of what might happen. So they kind of like, you know, how people do, they'll like sleep with kind of one eye open and feel very tense about it and wake up, you know, and their muscles are all sore because they have proof of how tense they were, which tells them they were asleep, which then reassures them upon awakening, that kind of thing. Interesting. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's deep metaphysics, but it's yeah. the, the part that I find fascinating is the utter, utter, utter efficiency of everything. So um, that it kind of makes me think, you know how the way we think of our 3D physical reality is so different than the vibrational realities that, you know, uh, we're working on creating. It makes me wonder if, like, even our 3D reality is way is much less real than we think of it as. Like, there isn't that big a difference between what you think you're living versus all those different realities that you think you opted out of. Right, and that's that's the thing. They would say, yeah, they use words like plastic, meaning plastic in the old sense of what plastic meant before Tupperware. Mm -hmm. That it's plastic, it's fungible, it's movable, it's malleable. Mm -hmm. It's not. We the reason why uh, the reason why we are so convinced of its permanency is because of the belief in permanence that we have. Hmm. And they always say, like, and don't try to don't try to get rid of that belief because it's helpful. Okay. It is the reason why you get to have sex and chocolate. It's because of <laughs> because in order to sort of like rub things together and get friction going on, you have to have a belief that what you did a moment ago is continuing into the next moment. This so reminds me of The Matrix. Oh, you know, which is so funny, which I've never seen. Wow. Okay. That's, that's so funny. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, they're, 
they're always talking about, I love that they talk about this stuff, that it's just like this is all very, very plastic. It is not nearly as permanent as it appears to be. So when you were visiting with the you that bought that house, you weren't you weren't visiting with that you in order to manifest that. You were just curious, it sounds like. Oh, no, I was, no, I went there with the intention of like, I'm going to find out what he did. And then I got the answer. Like, this is what he did. He went back I know. Some people will use that as, uh, as a manifesting technique. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there's something really intriguing about this idea that I haven't begun to leverage myself, but I kind of like how, you know, whenever we do something with an agenda, it just feels like it's less likely to be magic. So Yes. That's well that's why I've never gone back. I gotcha. Um, because I'm like all these other variations and all these other parallel realities are all very interesting. And this is this is something I got from Drew Roselle. Drew Roselle said this one time, and Paul picked it up and has like run with it constantly ever since then. The difference between interesting and relevant. Mm. It's very interesting to think about parallel realities and past <laughs> lives. Honey, I mean, literally, I can like you want. If you want me to tell you about a past life of yours, I can tell you. I got really good at that when I was younger, and I can tap into all these like little parallel tracks very easily. But they're all just like parlor games. I gotcha. They're very interesting. Now, I will say I have had two, well, three probably very powerful transformations because I went into another lifetime to go see what the hell was going on. Hmm. And the problem that I had was then the fourth time I did it, I got, I wouldn't say stuck, but it's like I came up against something that I simply can't be okay with. Hmm. And I still haven't been able to find a way to be okay with it. And I realized, okay, maybe this isn't the, like, I will solve all of my problems by going to find out where they're connected in a past life. It's a tool that I can use from time to time. But on the fourth time, what I had done was, like, I was like, I'm going to go figure out what happened, and then I'm going to fix it. And I can't. I just, I, I, it, it's very scary to me. It's, you know, I see aspects of myself in this thing that I encountered, and I really don't like it. Mm. So you haven't been back since to peek in well I think about him it's a him a lot and I think about the sadness and the tragedy and the because it was like it's a a book in and of itself I was Uh, wondering how much of what you're writing you are like drawing from some past experiences to create well see that's that's a very interesting question because I have been um, oh god I mean this is like here's a big can of worms Here's a can opener. Let's open it up and see what we find inside. Um, I have been grieving for like 10 days. Because 10 days ago, if you, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but because I really do get the ideas for the book, they come to me and I just sit down and start writing. Well, there's two, two lines of books that I've been writing. This all happens since last time we talked. There's a series of mysteries and there's a series of romances. And the romances are like the backstory to the mystery and basically tell how the main two characters came to know each other and then what they've done, what they did over six years before the mystery started. Well, then all of a sudden, Monday a week ago, I was thinking about, I don't know what, and then all of a sudden I was like, got this chapter 
the first chapter of one of the romance books. And all the romance books start with the year. So there's 1947 and 48 are the ones I've put out so far. 49 will be the next one, obviously. And it'll go all the way up to 53. Well, then I got one called 2008. Hmm. And the title is When Nick and Carter Got Married. Okay. There's a scene in one of the mysteries where Carter, these are both male people, mm-hmm. gets down on his knee and says, I, this is completely crazy, this is totally stupid, this will never happen in our lifetimes, but I want to marry you. And that's happening in 1953. And then, mm-hmm. and I always thought, well, that's kind of fun. And then they have like this little joke about like, we'll be living on Mars, you know, like everybody thought in the 50s. Mm-hmm. We'll have our wedding on Mars and then we'll holiday on Venus or whatever. Um, and so they, you know, that's kind of a, it's a little bit of a running joke in different parts of the story, but then all of a sudden there's this book and they're getting married and they're in their eighties Wow! and they're going to die. And I'm like, Oh no. And then I reached out to some people who've, who've written books and I'm like, do you, what do you think about killing your characters before you're finished writing the books? And they're like, <laughs> don't do it. And, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm not writing this book like anybody else would write a book, I don't think. I don't know of anybody else who does this. And so I was like, I'm just going to let that chapter sit there. It's on the website. It can just sit there. People can read it. And it doesn't, I mean, it's just about them getting, going to City Hall in San Francisco on the day that um, the, uh, when the Supreme Court in California opened up marriages, the, the thing that was closed down by the election, by Prop 8. It was that mm-hmm. six-month period or five-month period when there was uh, marriages going on in California. So anyway, it's that first day, and it's just all about them, like kind of this person is dead, and this because they're in their 80s. Like, and I live in Florida. I happen to know what people in their 80s talk about. This person is dead, and this person is dead, and this is the hospital they mm-hmm. went to, and, and they're do, having that conversation. And I'm like sitting there like, no. And then, of course, I'm thinking, well, of course. Of course. Of course you know, these people aren't going to live forever. And so I do feel like I'm tapping into another reality and it's gotten very personal. And so I've had to like, okay, just like I would do with an actual person, I've had to back up and go, okay, stop crying over something that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) It's a really interesting insight into the process of a creator or an artist, you know, like, um, because what I'm hearing is, this isn't something that you're controlling or directing. It's just something you rather are allowing. And right. it might not be necessarily what you would have chosen, but it's what's coming. Yeah. Well, the book I just finished has this whole scenario about something that I won't mention because I'm like still not even sure I'm going to like publish this book. But, um, but it's this thing that happens, and it's like I'm not really comfortable with the dialogue, with what happens, but it's real. I know it happened. I've researched it. And it's, but it's like writing anything where, you know, like a mystery where people die or they're murdered. Like, I could write, uh, it would be a different story, it would be different people. I could write a bunch of cozies where, like, people are threatened, but no one ever dies. But the truth is, is that I feels like these guys, they were involved in some pretty kind of, like, hard-boiled stuff, and this is their stories. And, in fact, in that 2008 book, I got this very clear vision of there being a room where Nick, who's the main character, who's the first-person narrator in the mysteries, has, like, these notebooks, and they're all the things that he wrote down of his cases, and all I'm doing is just writing down what he wrote. Mm. 
you know, I don't know what that means. I don't blah, 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 blah. It can be totally nuts and crazy, but it is, it is a creative process. And this, it's so funny that you brought up the, the concept of parallel realities because that is, when you said a while ago, what's on your mind, that's actually the first thing that I thought of and I didn't say it. It was like, I, I'm like spending part of my day in 1953 and part of my day in 2015. Super fun. Yeah. Super fun. But fortunately, well, I, I don't have to breathe in the air of 1953, thank God. You said something like um, every no one lives forever. Of course people die. I actually had it on the list of things I wanted to ask you about was reverse aging and working with our health and our bodies. I'm trying to remember what came up for me. Um, oh, I was starting to wonder. Um, you know how, oh gosh, speaking of Seth, Mark had shared a passage from the Oversoul book, and at the very end, it said something about, ooh, let's see how quickly I can find this because it was so good. Does anyone know what forum that was posted in? Let me see if it was in resources. I could maybe just go, what did he call that? Charming. It had charm in it. Okay, hang on. I'm going to find it really fast. The charm. It was the very last paragraph he had transcribed. Oh. Was it from the first from the first Oversoul book? I want to say seven. Are there seven Oversoul books? No, no, no. Oversoul 7 is the name of oh, the higher seven. self that's kind of like running around and dealing with all these people who are in different stages of their experience, mm, all of okay. well, different he, personalities. He says right here which one it was from, Education of Oversoul 7. Yeah, know. that's the first one. Okay, listen to the very last paragraph. Um, there isn't, okay, second to last. There isn't much basic difference between muttering a lot of different phrases or drawing magic circles to protect yourself against illness and taking handfuls of pills given to you by doctors. Both methods work if you believe in them, though the practitioners of one method will never agree that the other way works at all, of course. And unfortunately, neither side really understands magic, which is behind all of the spells and methods and formulas. Okay, and then it concludes with, spells work if you believe in them, only you don't need spells at all. Everything happens by itself. You happen by yourself. So does the world. And the principle behind it is, behind it all is magic and magic is the beingness within and behind all things so i've noticed myself paying attention to what some other people are doing with their when it comes to managing their health and um and questioning some of my own practices wondering like is this really necessary i remember the last time years and years and years ago i my doctor had recommended some supplement and and I had read, I had online there were some who were saying this is a joke this is a waste this is a ridiculous nothing it's so expensive and it does nothing and um and I thought well he wouldn't have given it to me if it was if he didn't believe in it and I've heard the studies before that said the greatest indicator as to whether a patient was going to heal or not was whether the doctor believed in it not the patient not whether the patient believed in the doctor but whether the doctor which is also on my list of questions for you about our influence on others but. Let me try and finish this one that I was going to ask. So I stopped taking this. It was many years ago. I stopped taking it, and good Lord, I got my first cold in like five years. So I got back on it, and I thought, okay, even if it is garbage, apparently I'm experiencing a placebo effect. So, I mean, I don't want to be one of those people who's reliant on something external in order to feel like I'm optimizing my health. 
But I also, I don't think I'm really powerful at opting out of some of the limiting beliefs that uh, our culture is engaged in, especially when it comes to aging. But I, in the in the Cryon book, recalibration, the recalibration of humanity, he said something, and this was I think published in 2013, written in 2012. He said something about how it's time for us to really opt out of so many of the limiting beliefs we have about what it means to be human, including how we experience our health over time, with meaning most of us of. Uh, a failing health over time, that decline that so many expect as we get older. He's like, time to opt out, everyone. Like, I'm raising my hand for that experience. (laughs) Not because I want to live forever. I just want to enjoy the time that I have left rather than do that whole aches and pains routine that seems to, (laughs) that um, I can see happening. Well, I've got another big can of worms. And cancel forever if you want. Okay, so the first thing to me is like, who exactly is creating what? You created doctors, you created supplements, you created cryon, you created this conversation. These are all things that are happening to your benefit, and they're all happening for you. Everything is happening for you. So in the contrast of all this, you're getting this very clear, you know, again, the smell of kerosene is very strong. You just shot off some rockets of desire right then, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool that you just basically said, this is the way I'm going to do this. The dilemma, it seems to me, is that what you're really talking about here is what role do these other people play? And this is yeah. where it gets really touchy because, okay, here, you know, even even though I know what has come out of my mouth about this topic, I'm still difficult. I'm still difficult. I am difficult. <laughs> but I'm still having a difficult time saying it out loud. And that is that it really doesn't matter what these other people are doing. And it's not like ignoring them or not dealing with them or even turning away from them. It's like that doctor is my creation. And what you're really doing, what you said is basically just the simple thing that Abraham said, right? Like happy, 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 dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you just do it until you don't do it anymore. And you just decide, okay, I'm going to go to sleep one night and I'm just going to wake up the next morning. And it's really simple. Or as they used to say, but they don't say this much anymore, I'm just going to find a bus somewhere and make it real easy. Like it's just like I'm walking down the street and boom, I'm gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm also beginning to think, and I, I, I haven't asked them and they haven't said anything about it, but I'm beginning to think that we actually don't die. And I don't mean so hard. But like in the, when, when I was saying a while ago what they had said years ago about like how the parallel realities all collapse on themselves when you're no longer involved, and then we immediately moved to like where I, it came to me to say to you, like, well, that's what happens when you go to bed at night. It, it, it really occurred to me, there have been these little things they've been saying lately where they're like, so what's really happening when you wake up in the morning is you think it's eight hours later, but you don't actually know. Mm, okay. You don't know where you landed. You just know that based on your beliefs and consistency and permanence, you've got all the memories you need for Tuesday to be the day after Monday. Okay. And that's what you're counting on. But you don't know what actually happened right before mm-hmm. you got You don't know where you were and you don't know what you did because you're in the narrow focus of three-dimensional reality. Mm-hmm. So it could very well be that what you could do is you could decide every morning that I wake up, I feel younger than I did the day before. Feel. Okay, I like that. Feel younger. Decide to be, right? Like just own it instead of wonder how to get there or something. Right, yeah. Well, but, but, it's, but you know what it feels like to feel younger. 
you know what yeah. it feels like to feel enthused feel and, and invigorated and vibrant. Mm-hmm. And, and you know how that feels in your body. And so what I've been what I've been noticing is that as I get very close to turning 50, is that I've decided that I, I need to have one thing wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's because everything that ever happens with me is always temporary. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, until I'm done, and then it'll be permanent. But, you know, that's not, this, that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've decided, well, okay, if I'm going to have a pain, I'll have it temporarily for two or three days, and then it'll be gone. And then it's gone. And I'm, I feel like what I'm doing is I'm, like, easing my way into the very thing you're talking about. Like, uh-huh. I, I'm not really interested in hobbling around when I'm 70 or 80. Agreed. I'm very interested in, and there's no reason why this should happen. I'm a fat person, and my body should be in a state of steady, increasing decline where the bones are going to snap at any moment, right? But I don't feel that way, and I don't believe that. But all the literature says that's what should happen. I should have a heart attack like tomorrow, if not yesterday. But the truth is is that I actually like the body that I'm in for the first time in my life. And I feel very at home in it, and it feels really good, and I'm also losing weight because I'm not caring about it anymore. Hmm. So, But I'm not losing weight because I'm trying to lose weight. I'm just noticing I really do need to go get another belt, and that's really just all there is to it. So aside, aside from that, the idea of there's a little bit that feels better and a little bit that feels better, and before you know it, you've got this huge progression, right, that just snowballs. And before you know it, you're riding this massive wave, and you think, well, how did I even get here? This is so magical. It's so fun. <laughs> and you've done that a million times, you know. I mean, I know I've done that a lot, and I just suddenly wake up one morning and realize, oh, everything I actually wanted has happened. Which brings me to another point that I think is very important. And I kind of am like, I don't soapbox, but this I want to soapbox on. There's this <laughs> thing Paul keeps talking about called the bonus period. And basically what they're saying is that if by the time you can understand what they're talking about, and they're like, this isn't about advanced anything, or like somebody's further ahead, that's not what it's about. Because people have their own agendas and there's no such thing as advanced. But they're like, if you're, if by the time you can understand the metaphysics of their conversation, essentially, you're in the bonus period. You've already allowed yourself to have more than anything you ever thought would happen when you were in that place where you were trying really hard to get things done. Hmm. You're already living longer than you thought you would, or you're already happier than you ever thought you would be, or you've had more forgiveness and grace in relationship that you thought would never, ever change than you ever thought were possible. You're doing work that you never thought you would ever get to. You're having, you know, the inflow of cash, for example, like it's so magical that you just can't believe that people are paying you to do what it is that you're doing because you have so much fun with it and that's so different than what you ever did before. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, this is the bonus period. And when you try to judge the bonus period against the slogging period of like, I'm living my life and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm eating my vegetables, and I'm delaying the ice cream because delayed gratification is more important. When you compare the two, you can't compare them because the bonus period has no rules. It just is how you decide you're going to do what you're going to do. And it's not like an advanced state. It's just, oh, I finally allowed myself to be who I really am as much as I'm going to be while having a body. And this is just going to keep getting better and better. And I'm going to keep getting better at being in this place 
and I could do this for 30 or 50 or 100 years, and it's not going to really matter because I'm only going to do it one day at a time because that's what the bonus period is like. Anyway, I wanted hmm. to throw that out there because I really love that thought of like, to me, what it is is saying, like, I don't really need to work on getting better because I'm already better. I've already gotten... Wow. And I saw this when I, I had a massive healing with my parents about three or four years ago. And all of a sudden, I realized I had let everybody off of the hook. I still had, like, little tiny issues. But I went around for a year kind of in shock, like, oh, my God. I'm not angry at them anymore. I'm not bitter. I'm not resentful. I'm, I'm not telling those stories that I used to tell. This has changed. It's completely different. And then I began to realize, yeah, and I'm going around and I'm snapping my fingers and money falls out of the air and I'm driving where I want to go and I'm living where I want to live and I'm doing what I want to do and I'm being in relationship. Oh, my God, I won. I'm in the bonus period. <laughs> I've won. This is all the things I thought I would never get to. And so... As good as this is, it's going to get better. <laughs> Isn't that an exciting thought? It is. Huh. And it's, it's, it's an amazing reality. And it's not mm. an accomp- And the other thing that's hard to remember sometimes because of, you know, old ideas, it's not an accomplishment either. It's just, it's an allowing. I didn't accomplish yeah. any of the things I just listed. All of those things happened because I took your advice and got off the freeway that day and went in the back hills when I had no business not being on my straight line drive to New York City, as I've talked about so many times. Mm-hmm. When you said that, you were like, Isn't it, don't you find that you just make more money when you're playing on Facebook? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I forgot. When I play, I get to have more things to play with, like more cash. Isn't that fun? Wow, there's something so intriguing about I know I'm recalling what you said earlier about principles, but when you said you don't have to work on getting better because you're already better, something about that feels like that embodies what we're trying to understand when we talk about quantum shifts or or something along those lines. But I um, I know we're near the top of the hour, and I really wanted to invite others to ask questions or share comments. Anyone dialed in who would like to say anything or ask any questions? Um, this is Lisa. I'm just really enjoying this. I'm soaking it all in. Thanks. Yay. Guest very, very this, cool. This is so much fun to think about all these different topics. I like the idea of not having to work at being better because I already am. Kind of, it reminds me a little bit of that book, Working on Yourself Doesn't Work. I can't remember who wrote it. <laughs> I'm with Brenda. I adore these conversations. <laughs> Yay. Me too. I feel so... It's just so magical to be here. It really is. But I always feel that way around you anyway. And I still have half a dozen other things that I want to run by you, but we'll save that for a next conversation maybe, huh? Yeah, perfect. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Frank, I wish this was in person so I could give you a big hug. I I just love playing with you. Thanks again for showing up today to share with, let us pick your brain and share your thoughts and experiences and your take on the world, because it's definitely a mind-expanding one. So much appreciated, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so for 
For anyone who is wondering, we had the question in chat room where to find you again, communionoflight.com. And Frank is also on Facebook, right? Again. Yes, I have returned after my long exile. Yes. And is that under Frank Butterfield or Communion? Oh, you Communion of Light was still there, right? Uh, yeah, uh, but you can find me. If you just Google me, you'll find, I think my Facebook page is on the, and I'm the one who's not the athletic trainer in Las Vegas. <laughs> <You're so funny. laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. It's hard for me to hang up with you, but I will. And, um, yeah, I'll be enjoying the thoughts that got conjured up here um, throughout the rest of this week. So thank you again, Frank. Big love. And thanks, everyone, who dialed in to listen in today. Bye, everyone. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.